organizations get written permission from their members before any dues are spent on political activities. Michael O'Connor, a firefighter for 27 years, says he came to the rally to voice his opposition of this proposition. Because we, we're firefighters and we're, we're the protector of, we're the first responders, and、uh, there's a lot of things that we do that we need to be able to voice our opinions in, in Sacramento. And they're trying to make that voice、uh, make it difficult to have. At a town hall meeting the same night as his visit to San Diego, Governor Schwarzenegger said this is a year of reform to fix. A broken system. The opponents of these proposed changes say the governor is concerned more about satisfying corporate America. In San Diego, for Free Speech Radio News, I'm Miles Ashdown. Free Speech Radio News is produced at Pacifica stations WPFW in Washington, KPFA in Berkeley, and KPFA in Los Angeles. Our newscast is produced by Simba Russo and Monica Lopez. Our headlines editor is Shannon Young. Mitch Jezerich is our Washington editor. Our technical production team is Jade Paget Seekins and Eric Klein. Free Speech Radio News is an independent, worker-run collective. In Los Angeles, I'm Aura Bogado. We are the Pussy Pirates. You're listening to. WCBS FM Ann Arbor. You're listening to WCBS 88.3 FM. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot! There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets, Closets are, are for clothes. clothes. Closets Over Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. <laughs> We're here. We're on. Closets Over Clothes on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts. Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal, thanks for joining us. Let's go. Well, we have Dan Burns and Meredith here. Yeah, I'm going to start to get a complex about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might be playing some bloopers at some show because we're starting. We did a last week. We all stayed late and、um, did some recordings. So we have Meredith and Greg in our introduction as well. But Greg is, of course, at real、uh, at real、uh, pride,、um, and so definitely check that out.、It's、sponsored by the Triangle Foundation, and so he's in Royal Oak, and then.、Chris Christy is somewhere warm, vacationing. Dun dun dun! She's on the high seas. She's、um, in the high seas. <laughs> I just picture her floating along in an inner tube. That's right, exactly. <laughs> One of my first questions when she gets back is, "Oh, so you have any flu, stomach ailments?" <laughs> <laughs> so, my goodness. So, how are you, Meredith? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like my my life is like slowly, not slowly, very quickly flashing in front of me. Holy moly! Like, how is it almost Halloween? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And how is it like three weeks to Thanksgiving? Yes, that's yes. wigging me out. Yes, a lot. Uh huh. Definitely. I don't know what to do with myself. I feel like okay, I, I have to get a lot in because I think the world might end soon. <laughs> <laughs> and some people believe it is. I know. <laughs> Katrina, Rita, and、uh, I know Wilmo now. So yeah. My goodness. Did you say Wilmo? Wilma, yes, <laughs> yes, Elmo, yes. We're having a hurricane well, Elmo coming I through. I was listening to, or I was reading the news or something that Elmo got arrested this week <gasps> in Hollywood. No. Yeah, he was panhandling. He's down on his luck. He is.、Mm-hmm. I'm waiting、crazy? for the joke to happen.、There's、Are you not, serious? I'm totally serious. This guy dressed up as Elmo was out on Hollywood Boulevard, like by the stars, and he was panhandling dressed as Elmo, and、oh, they picked him、hoot. up and arrested him in the outfit. Oh my goodness, so, that is a hoot. So Elmo has, has been arrested, <laughs> and he was so innocent. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine what they're going to do to him in that jail? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. 
Wow. I, I feel like I have all these weird tidbits of things in my head That's these it? days. I don't know why I have them. <laughs> and I can't just like randomly pull them out. But like people will say stuff and I'll be like, did you know that the square root of 122? And I don't know. I don't know how I know any of these things. Uh, what is the square root of I have no idea. Oh, you have no Not idea. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> Say, don't, don't leave us hanging. <laughs> so. 11, maybe? No, that's one. I don't know. Forget oh, okay. It. I right. can't do math. Oh, okay. That's my downfall in life. Oh, well, How I are bet you? you can. Well, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm really doing good. But I've just been kind of a little bit irritated with the news coverage at the moment. Okay, tell me why. Because uh, Rosa Parks, as most people know by now, um, died on Monday. Yes. And, um, at, and a, at a very lovely age, I might say. 92 is a full... You've oh, had yes. a lot of life at yes. 92. And it seems like she definitely has. Yes. I mean, it definitely seems that she definitely has kept all those years going, that's for sure. Yes. Um, and I was kind of irritated with the fact that there was very little coverage on her. Really? I feel like that's all I've heard about. No way. Because yes. I've heard only like two minutes, and that was like all I've heard from I've, different places I've tuned in. That's interesting. Trying to find out more information, trying to find out what her life was like. I've, and I've had completely the opposite experience. No way. Yes. Because all I've been hearing about on some of the stuff that I've been listening to is about the hurricane relief efforts. and. I mean, she's how... certainly not center stage, but I have. I feel like I've heard... A lot. Wow. See, we must be listening we to must, very two different... Which is interesting. Yes, it very is. It very <laughs> is. Is that something... <laughs> that, but anyway, um, but I can't... Really? Yeah. Because that's my little bit irritation at the moment. Cause oh, I, I'm sorry to that hear there's that. There's only been like two minutes or whatever. And then I tune in to like another, like, like a talk show. And they're complaining because they interrupted their football on uh, Monday night to, to break in and say that Rosa Parks has died. And, and they're complaining that this is just like... She was... She was not significant. She was not, you know, all she did is refuse to um, stand up and things. And I'm like, what? But I want you to consider the source of that complaint. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's, I do consider that many times when I listen to that. But that's the reason why I talk to it. <laughs> I listen, talk to it or listen to it. Right. I listen to it. Um, and where it's just, I was like, wow. I, I was just stunned. I mean, um, you clearly don't know someone who's obsessed with football is one thing. And then, you know. Right. Well, right, exactly. But if it was only, I'm assuming it wasn't that long of a break. Apparently, it was it was um, nine minutes because <gasps> they complained that they kept running the same three minute um, um, video that they had over, um, and over. over and over and over. And they said by the third time, they felt like they'd seen this already. Let's move on. Mm. And I was like, wow, I, I was I was stunned and and. Like wow, these people that I'm listening to really are uh, not aware of their privilege. I mean, no. well, to me, it was very significant that she, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, oh my, and, and just how she started a lot, not just for. I mean, they say that she's the mother of the civil rights movement, but I mean, she's there's more than just the, the minorities. It was definitely it started on it a lot. It opened the door of, for lots of different people. Exactly, and mm-hmm. something that I think the gay and lesbian community and bisexual and transgender community need to take, you know, a moment, uh, take a moment and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. So I just was really kind of. So that's what I've been kind of bothered with. And I'm, and then I feel like I'm going to do the exact same thing that I've been complaining and only give her two (laughs) minutes of of airtime and, and what an inspiration she was. And, you know, I was reading something earlier today that she was talking about like why she couldn't, she didn't know why she really didn't get up. um, She says, yes, my feet were hurting. I didn't feel like really good standing up and things. But then at the same time, she was like, but why should I have to give up my seat for you? And my understanding is it's not necessarily that she was sitting in the wrong section and was like being defiant, but that it wasn't an even split. Like, you know, at the back doors was where the African Americans sat Mm -hmm. and the front of those doors where the white people sat. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was that if there was, if there was room um, there that she could sit further ahead. She just had to give up her seat if if a white person came right. on came on the bus, and that's what the situation was. There was plenty of room, and she sat down. But then, as it got busier, she didn't want to give up her seat and go for you know stand mm-hmm. in the back. And mm-hmm. um, and I also noticed that they also wanted to destroy the bus that um she was on. You know. For people who haven't seen the bus, it is an experience to go. And I heard today that the Henry Ford Museum on the day of her funeral, which is November 2nd, you can get free admission to the Henry Ford in order mm-hmm. to go and see the bus and experience 
a little bit of history and That's remember great. Rosa Parks. So wow, I encourage people if you haven't definitely. been to the Henry Ford to definitely check it out. And what better reason than for free? Exactly, exactly. And to celebrate Rosa Parks' life. Well, and a, a, a rumor is this true also that they are they um, closed it just they put a. Um, uh, black um, sheet over it. Sheet over it. Thank you. I was oh, trying to think cloth or something. I hadn't just heard that until until then or something. No, oh. I don't know if that's still true or whatever. But um, yeah, or if it was just a rumor. I don't know. Uh, a wish, if you will. But and then I was irritated by the statement saying that she hasn't done anything since then. But she's done a lot with youth. <laughs> yes. She's done she, an incredible amount of stuff exactly. with youth. Exactly. And working with a lot of youth and pre- trying to help them with being leaders and teaching them to be leaders. Or and taking them like on experiences that they wouldn't necessarily have being from more urban, lower income families that they mm-hmm. don't have the opportunities to go to. Well, and also to appreciate what what they have right. also was that they, she felt also a, a, a couple of those trips or whatever that they didn't understand how lucky they, they, they did have. They didn't understand that the equality that they have now, right. um, but being able to go to Alabama and experience right. those things. Exactly. And so she's done a lot of work and she's mm-hmm. also, I, I also, she was on John Conyers staff at one point as well. She I mean, she couldn't hold a job in, in Alabama. She was being fired for cause from, from a variety of places. And her last job was as a seamstress, I yes. believe. Yes. And that job they then farmed out to another man who happened to be African American, mm-hmm. but who they decided they were going to give this job to him instead of her. Mm-hmm. And so she, thankfully, John Conyers said, come work as my secretary. Right. And right. that's where she was till she retired. Yes. Yes, exactly. Now, the other thing that I thought was an interesting tidbit, too, is the is that... There were a couple other people that had done this as well that year where they, they mm-hmm. stood up, uh, excuse me, they didn't, they refused to give up their seat. But it was her that she was, she was the one that was there arrested. There had been a brewing of, you know, within the Alabama African American community that they, they, they had had enough of mm-hmm. sort of the experiences they had had on the bus system there. And so they, there had been talk. We have to do something. We have to do something. And and I heard an an interview with her attorney of the time, who was his, her friend, really. Mm-hmm. And they had talked that afternoon. They had had lunch together that afternoon. And she said, "I don't know. We have to do something. I'm not sure what it is. You know, let's figure it out." And there was opportunity. It knocked, right. and she she answered, and and you know changed so many people's lives. Exactly, exactly. So, so if you all ever have an opportunity to do so, think of Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. and um, you and never know when your opportunity is going to come. That's right. To be an activist and to change someone's life. Exactly. So. Definitely. And you have your not, eyes and ears open. That's right. Exactly. And then, you know, and it, it may only change a couple people's lives or whatever with the work that you may do kind of thing, but you never know that. I mean, but you don't know what they'll go off, whose lives they'll go off. Exactly. And change. Exactly. But so. I mean, it always, it's just one or two people at a time, you know, at a time. It's all, you just need to start the wave that's, mm-hmm. or the ripple. The ripple. Exactly. You need to be the, the, what, the pebble in the pond. That's right. Very good. Thank you. You pulled that one out. That was good. See, see what I mean. I'll Random tell you. Things. Yes. Can't help it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, switching gears to someone who's also being very active in our community. Um, I I want to introduce. It's I guess that's that's the fourth Wednesday. I can't believe it. Like you say, time's going by. I mean, it's just like we had U of M here just yesterday. I feel yesterday. Exactly. I'm sure it was yesterday. <laughs> but we have um, Julica Herman, who's the assistant director for. For um, educational outreach at the LGBT, um, which is the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Affairs Office, um, here joining us today to kind of talk about welcome, uh, welcome, you know, the welcome her to uh, Ann Arbor and uh, um, and also some of the work that you're planning to do are coming up. So, is there any like um, like quick announcements that U of M is going to be doing in the next month or so? Yes, actually. Uh the three major announcements that I want to make are we have a brown bag series the first Friday of every month. And this first Friday of November, we're having Esther Newton and Gail Rubin, two fabulous professors here at U of M, talk about the word queer. Mm. The The title of the brown bag is What's in the Name? 
and just talk about how names have changed in our community and the use of the word queer and other words and how different parts of our communities feel about that. So it'll be very fabulous. And I encourage people to join us. It's from 12 to 1.30 in the MSA chambers on the third floor of the Union, the first Friday of every month. First Friday, great. So that's one thing. The the second thing I want to say is breaking news. As we speak, a meeting is convening and closing probably to respond to the to Fred Phelps coming to campus to react to the Laramie project, which you may know oh. is being um, performed at the league in a few weeks. On I did not know that. The weekend of the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. And Fred Phelps, who some people might know as uh, a, a very problematic person for the LGBT community and whose website is godhatesfags.com and m- goes around speaks for itself exactly and <laughs> goes around and and um, protests and provokes people mm-hmm. it, he's going to be coming and so there is a group of people just now organizing it's very exciting there was a lot I, I just came from that meeting there was a lot of energy um, I left before decisions had been made so I don't have anything to share about what's going to be happening but we will probably have some information at the office and through our newsletter so LGBTA at umesh.edu and I think that's great I think the Laramie project coming I mean being performed and that we are organizing in reaction to this issue is a fabulous thing and I encourage people to join us yes and the third thing I want to say is transgender day of remembrance is coming up Um, not very soon it's not until November 20th but it'll be before the next time someone from our office visits so I wanted to make sure that people knew that we are going to be observing the Transgender Day of Remembrance, which on this occasion uh, falls on a Sunday, starting at 5.30 in the afternoon in the Rackham uh, Graduate School. And we'll we'll start at 5.30 with different speakers and activities. And at 7.30, Susan Stryker is going to screen her film, Screaming Queens, The Riot at Compton's Cafeteria. Mm. And she will be discussing after... Um, her film and just presenting and talking about it and um, this is the Ann Arbor premiere of that film and I think it's going to be a very exciting Tell thing. me a little bit about that film. So it's, um, yeah, the movie depicts the militant beginnings of the transgender political movement in San Francisco three years before the Stonewall riots. Ah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, so um, it talks about it uses the experiences of former prostitutes, drag entertainers, police officers, and other activists to explore the rise of transgender activism and how the riots at the Compton's Cafeteria played a pivotal role. So it's a documentary about the formation and political mobilization of transgender communities. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah I haven't I haven't seen it myself, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, and I heard a lot about about making of that film and where there was like, you know, things were it's Stonewall just just didn't happen, just like right. Rosa Parks. The, didn't the, just happen. Just, it wasn't just, just random, happen. right? Right. It was a mm-hmm. building building up of, of various things that were going on mm-hmm. and throughout mm-hmm. the United States. So yeah. yeah, this is the fourth year that we observe the Transgender Day of Remembrance. It actually started in 1998 to honor the the murder of Rita Hessler, and I think I think it's very important for us to continue that and to take the opportunity to learn more about transgender issues. Exactly. It's always a good good to understand more and learn more that's for sure great so you're you're here and you're new kind of <laughs> kind of i'm kind of new you're kind of new because you've been here for a fair i mean not super long but you've been here for a fair period of time getting to know the U of M and LGBTA and all of that sort of working your way into the position, correct? Uh, kind of again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what it is is that I've been working in this position since July. Right. But I have been affiliated to the university in one way or another since 1990. Oh, wow. I was an undergraduate. Oh. And then I was on staff in a couple places. And then I was a graduate student. And so now I'm talking about my life as mostly in Ann Arbor with a couple of geographical tangents. I understand. But I've I come have, back. I have a similar experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> geographical tangents. Yeah, so I was in Rhode Island for a couple of years oh. and in Mexico for a year. But okay. um, I, I'm originally from Mexico. That's where I was born. But okay. for the most part, the University of Michigan has sucked me in and refused to spit me out, apparently. <laughs> it's just, I'm stuck. So why don't you talk a little bit about what your job is at the LGBTA? What yep. are some of the new things you might be bringing to your position? And let us know a little bit about you. Sure. Um, 
the the position of assistant director for educational outreach is fairly new. In the past, it was a part-time position, fabulously staffed by Holly Ferris for many years. She coordinated the Speakers Bureau, which, as many of your listeners probably know, is the main educational outreach um, approach that the office has taken for many years, where panels of speakers come out and talk about their coming out experience and field questions from the audiences and put a face on the experience of being TBLG. Um, so the position was now made full-time with the, with the intention of expanding our educational outreach efforts. And I'll be honest, up, up till now I have been scrambling around trying to get people to serve on panels. So <laughs> the part where I expand has not yet happened, right. but I have, I have a vision. I, I definitely have goals. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to collaborating more actively with students and creating a student-run educational outreach office so students are able to coordinate and train and facilitate Mm -hmm. and help each other become not just speakers on the bureau which we will of course keep because it's it's useful and fabulous but also peer facilitators who do more sophisticated workshops um, because Mm -hmm. and this is a personal opinion I, I think that the panels have always been very powerful there's nothing more powerful than putting a personal face on an experience and on a story. Mm-hmm. However, if we just talk about our personal experiences coming out, we're not necessarily challenging the audience to think about heterosexism or homophobia and how they are participating in the problem. It continues to be about us and them by derivation or you know, in relationship to our experiences. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to creating exercises, workshops, where people confront the way that they participate in the problem in in a more dramatic, upfront way. Mm-hmm. And creating workshops that are more custom-made to different opportunities and different places in the university. Mm. So I'm excited about that. Interesting. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. So I allowing the so. students to do some of their own work at the same time, finding out some new discoveries, because that's, I think, a great way of hatching some new new movements, I guess, if you will. That's right. And that's right. I think the people who do the workshops know best what worked and didn't work. Right. And so there can be a much more um, organic process of creating and recreating and improving what we do if the people who are doing it are also skilled in, in development. And, I mean, you know, my experience with the folks in Ann Arbor, the students, the staff, the faculty, the community members, is that they are committed. They are fabulously brilliant and intense and into it. And so I think they need a platform and a space. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. think it's going to take very much for them right. to really take it and run. And so I'm very interested in facilitating that process and in seeing what that looks like. And I've never really seen a U of M student not take that opportunity. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, That's right. Be with you, Meredith. Um, <laughs> I'm guilty of that. <laughs> so definitely. Wow. And so what are the other things you're doing to, you know, um, bring bring education to the community? Is it just for U of M students or is it also involving the Ann Arbor at large or well you know the speakers bureau has never been just the university community we we certainly have the majority of our panels speak in classrooms at U of M but we have a healthy number even this semester of um, presentations at EMU mm-hmm. at Washtenaw Community College we did a presentation for PFLAG we're going to do a, pl- a panel presentation for the Unitarian Universalist Church who has mm. a youth class I think they're call- called OWLs but I don't remember what OWL stands for. But it's like a it's a very cool sexuality class mm. for middle school age kids who are coming to terms with their sexuality for the first time. And the UU Church is very oh, inclusive yes. and fabulous about that kind of stuff. Yes. And so they are asking speakers to come and talk about being TBLG and what that means and giving them exposure to that, which just, you know, opens my heart. It makes yes. me so happy to think of kids considering this as a possibility as they develop right mm-hmm. and sexually and Rather and, th- than and that waiting. being okay right and just from the start mm-hmm. part of their exploration. So we already do a lot of community outreach. Um because I want 
because I want the education development process to come from and with the students, I can't tell you right now what it's going to look like. Gotcha. What I know is that I'm going to start sending out emails, and then I'm going to create some kind of blog or chat online or something where people can float ideas for a couple of months. And then in January, when we come back from the break, I'm going to have a meeting and invite people to come and vision what the education outreach program will look like. That's very And then take exciting. it from there. Yes. So I'm very excited oh, about it. Oh, really excited. Definitely. Yeah. And another initiative, that if I can briefly talk about that, is um, we have an anti-racism initiative in the office. We're going to be doing this coming winter semester a series of study-slash-dialogue circles around racism in the TBLG community. Mm. And we will be launching that through... The um, the brown bag in January, the first brown bag, is going to be a mock, not a mock, but like a, a what's the word I want, a pilot of that dialogue. I'm, I'm going to co-facilitate that with A.T. Miller from the Center for Research on Learning and Teaching, and we're going to model what the dialogues would look like. But the whole idea there is that if you have a two-hour workshop on anti-racism in TBLG communities, you might plant a couple seeds, you might have a good conversation, and then people go home, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking forward to is creating some kind of process that works over time, Mm -hmm. like a five- or six-week study circle where you read something, not a lot. Um, You come and you talk for a couple hours, and it's co-facilitated, and you have a place where you can actually engage in it a little more deeply. And I'm hoping to – this is not yet real, but I'm trying to make it a reality. I'm I'm trying to get credit for students to do that. Oh, great. So – I'm excited about that, too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And um, if someone wanted to be a part of the Speakers Bureau, how could they get a hold of you? They would contact me at julica, J-U-L-I-C-A, at umich.edu, or call the office, or email the office, or click on the website. And what is the phone number? or The, the phone uh, number of the office is 763-4186, and the office email is lgbta at umich.edu, so emails the, about the Speakers Bureau will be forwarded to me and um, there's information about the Speakers Bureau on our webpage which has recently been changed Uh-oh. from inquiry to umish.edu forward slash tilde lgbta Yay. interesting there's okay. a story there uh, but I don't know if we have yes time. we certainly do okay well the story is that apparently there is a very nasty um, webpage with also inquiry that's actually homophobic Oh, oh, my goodness. I, and I, I don't know if I actually want to say the whole name of it because, well, I don't know if people want to see it. But <laughs> in any case, Here but on campus? No. Oh, no like it's, an, okay. it's an online thing. Gotcha. And so so it was most unfortunate, that, that connection. And so yes. we decided to release that connection. And so if you go to Inquiry, it goes to LGBTA still. I mean, we still have that link. But right. our new webpage address is www.umich.edu forward slash tilde LGBTA, which makes sense. Yeah, it's yes. probably easier for people I think people anyway. will just, yeah. you know, intuitively. intuitively go to look there first. Right. Yes, so it's a definitely. Good and it's a common sense. Yep. It just seems to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. So definitely, you can definitely contact Julica at julica at emich, excuse me at umich.edu right um, or you can definitely give her a phone call at 734-763-4186 or definitely check them out on their website at their new website that's right yes at umich.edu slash tilde LGBTA. That's right. Oh you got my it. goodness. You nice did work. You didn't even write it down. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us this month. Thank I really you for heard. having me. Yes, exactly. So and good luck and keep us yeah, uh, let informed. Let us know what's going on. We'd thank love you. to talk more yeah. about the experiences you've had. I, I will be back to visit in a few months. Great. Right. Terrific. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so much. And so now we have the pleasure of moving toward a guest we've been trying to get on since midsummer. So this has been um, our schedules have just been um, uh, been mixed up and and we've unable to coordinate this. But I want to welcome the fundamentalists to our um, radio station and to our show. Um, so um, let me do some quick. Um, <laughs> One of my pieces of paper here. I'm just going to use your piece of paper. Um, so, uh, but Chris uh, Taylor and Jim Marker um, uh, from the Fundamentalist. Um, and please, uh, folks, I, when I told people we were having the Fundamentalist on, I think they got the reaction that I think you guys are looking for. <laughs> um, of like, excuse me, well, this is going to be an interesting show. <laughs> 
So, but it is a whoa, I'll move the whole table. Um, um, it is um, a local music group that um, uh, has been uh, playing all over the place. I've been seeing you guys all over the place at all the different events, um, uh, pride events on, uh, around the state. So, welcome to Closets Are for Clothes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Great. You yeah. We're very so, excited you're here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so are we. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so how did the fundamentals get started? Um, it's kind of been a, a long journey from, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for about 20 years, um, trying to, trying to do openly gay music. And, um, there's been different incarnations of the band and the actual, we've, the, un, we've been playing under the fundamentalist flag for about a year and a half. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. About a year and a half. And, um, it's, uh, the, the name just kind of, just kind of came out of, um, I don't know. I was just I was just kind of thinking about names one day. Like, okay, I've, we played it. We used to be called the Crucible, and then we were uh, Black Rainbow, and then we were um, Outland. And it's like, and I thought, you know what? I needed something, a name that's you know that's not been somebody hasn't used it. And I was like, I grew up in I grew up in a uh, Baptist household. Oh, and thank okay. God it didn't take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's just it was like I've I've always I have a I have a real I, I have to admit I have a real problem with with fundamentalist fundamentalism and it's in its christian form right and i was like you know what i'm going to take this name back i'm going to take this word back yes because really at its, i mean it's rude it just means it just means a, a devout belief in something right and you know i mean i believe in being who and what you are yes you know exactly and your music definitely portrays that i mean if the folks have listened to the various pride events uh, that you guys have been at it definitely reflects um a Opinion, if you will, <laughs> that um, we, I don't think, I think I would hear more like in folk, folk music, but I don't really consider your music as a folk music. Um, how would you describe it? It's kind of like dance rock, electronic. Um, it's got I a was, nice beat to it. You can, you can groove. Oh, thanks. I think it's, it's like, I kind of always, always people ask me that. I always say, kind of picture like a erasure or Depeche Mode with guitars. It's kind of, a, yes. kind of how we do it. Um, yes. And it, I just, it's it found to me, I mean, that you know it's like if you if you if you want you know if you want people to listen you've got to give them something to kind of move to you know it's got it's like it's like entertain them on a couple different levels Mm -hmm. right right and then jim how how did you get involved with us (laughs) well we laugh suckered into it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well chris is my partner number one i said chris has had bands off and on throughout the years and uh we've been together for about three three and a half years now and uh and Chris had tossed around about two years ago about he was in a lull there. The people had fallen out of the band and it was just him left. So we decided, you know, he wanted to get things going, played a few more events again and get back out there on the scene. And uh, he was going to advertise or look for some more members to start the band back up and just wasn't finding anybody. And I said, well, you know, I do have some music background. I could help you for a little bit. And uh, so one thing led to another and Chris was writing new songs and, and, and starting to put together some new music. And uh, we just started, and one thing led to another, and pretty soon I was playing out parts on the keyboard, and then we was doing backup singing, and then pretty soon, well, we should do something, you know, that you can sing on. So pretty soon, one thing led to another, and we just blew the whole thing together, and exactly there we went. Yeah, his voice kind of balances. He's got a Jim's done some choir work and stuff, and it kind of balances out my atonal roar. Yeah. Well, wow, this is great. So one of the things I wanted to um, get right into it and um, start with uh, one of the songs. Um, which, one, which one did you want to start with? Uh, you want to do Why'd You Go? Okay. Um, and so what kind of brought you to Why'd You Go? Or uh, You know, it's like it's, I mean, the the it's different for each song, but it's, you know, some of it is like you put yourself in a character. Kind of, I guess, is like playing a character. This one is based on some some past relationship, sort of. You know, you just kind of take some of that stuff that happens, and you're like, you know, the the aggravation of why didn't this work? That sort of thing. Right. You know, of course, and then in hindsight, you're like, thank God it didn't work. But you know. Yes, great. Well, let's listen to why'd you go. <laughs>
so you definitely have like some relationship songs um, at, at some of the events. You definitely, I've heard some um, uh, political songs on uh, Bush and how you just absolutely love the guy. Uh, <laughs> the group's really well. schizophrenic. <laughs> He's got a real schizophrenic focus. I mean, and and it's really, I mean, it's, it's a joke about it, but it's true. It's like, I mean. Because because music is I used to be very involved when I was going to Saginaw Valley more years ago than I care to recount. Um, <laughs> with the Gay and Lesbian Alliance there, and um, when I kind of when I graduated, because it's kind of like you know I was looking for a political outlet. We both are from the Saginaw area originally. You know, there's not a lot going on out there in the terms of community, which I don't understand because there could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, kind of you know. Okay, so to me, music was like a natural outgrowth of that. And right. it was like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you're up there, you've got a microphone, you've got a chance to, you know, kind of expound your, your uh, points of view, and until they yank you off the stage, people have to listen. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and, well, with the with the fundamentals, I mean, there's some things like like you were with the. Um, there's one that you do on Bush, I remember. There's another one that I remember you guys did. Oh, I'm trying to remember, but it was definitely so. It, it seems to be a, a good like outlet for you, and 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 trying to um, now is this something that the two of you collaborate, or do you like one mix up a, the song and we've we've been working more and and getting Jim involved in the songwriting process. He was he's been messing around on stuff kind of away from the technology part of things has been has been because you know when you're a duo you kind of have to rely on some machines and things oh, that yes. sort of thing you know which yeah we know what that's like <laughs> <laughs> and anything can happen <laughs> anything can happen and often does right but, uh, um, so he's been kind of messing around on stuff when I've not been present or when I've and he'll he'll like play some stuff for him and I'm really kind of surprised because he's He's come a long way in as, as far as as far as his keyboard skills, which really surprises me because he he didn't really have a lot. Had more of a singing background and some keyboard. He plays by ear, which is really which I can't oh, do. Oh wow! I totally am awful at that. Now, how did you get involved in music? Or? music. Well, it started when I was young. I always liked to sing. I'm okay. sure if you ever talked well, to my right. you, had, you had a public performance. That's uh-huh. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, my mother would love to tell you the story about when I was four and she took me to the coffee shop <laughs> and she was having a cup of coffee and I went to the bathroom and it was quiet in there and all of a sudden you could hear some little kid singing at the top of his voice and everybody was looking around wondering where the performance was and it was, yeah, me singing from the John. <laughs> but uh, no, I always loved to sing. Always did um i was in choir in grade school i went to a parochial school ah. and uh started out in band so i did i was able to read music and musical instruments i'd played you know with some drums and some trumpet and baritone and mm-hmm. and stuff like that but uh always you know tinkled around with the piano a little bit but never really got into reading uh the notes and figuring out for for playing on the piano and then uh I was married for a while, and I have five children, and my children start taking piano lessons, and so I started picking things up off from them. Ah. So one thing leads to another. So I did know a little bit about it, and uh, keyboard is where I felt comfortable since we don't do horns or anything at this point. And in our game of the the band, so well, that'd be interesting, and, and maybe the electric horn. There you go. Yeah, the we've electronic talked about it. <laughs> we've talked about it. Talked, talked about picking it. up a sax and maybe trying to put a little bit of sax music into a few things. Exactly. So, what are some like your future projects? Like, what are some of the things you're working on right now that our listeners can look forward to hearing? We're from trying you? to get our CD out. <laughs> we've been working on it. We've been working on a CD. We've had. It's been like it's. There's been a lot of slips between the the musicians and the hard drives back and forth. Um, we've. Uh, been working on trying to get an EP out, and I'm hoping we'll get it out by winter. And the song that you just heard will be on the, on there, um, as well as some other stuff we've got. Kind of, we're just kind of trying to put the finishing touches on it now, um, where we're going to have it. You know, out, as as far as we've, there's been some interest from uh, the Grand Rapids network. Um, yeah. Their their community center has made has made some comments about they would like to have it there, and maybe some of the proceeds would go to help support them. Which they're a they're great, great group of people. Yes. Mm-hmm. They brought us to Grand Rapids Pride, and it was it was a Awesome crowd, awesome experience. Maybe about three thousand people. Yeah, Grand yeah. Rapids, they had a pretty good crowd. Wow. Um, we currently have a uh, song on a compilation disc on a small label out of Ohio called Wooby Bear Music. Ah, and um, Greg Hudson runs that, and he's a really great guy. And um, that's there's you can find out more about that on our website, or there, or you can go to their website, which is www.wooby bear w o o b i e b e a r 
B-E-A-R? B-E-A-R. <laughs> so, um, and there's a, and there's a whole thing about the Bear Tracks. There's a whole lot of artists. It's a really great stable of artists. A lot of really cool people there. Um, Is that where Bear Tracks 3 that you were mentioning? Yes, Bear okay. Tracks 3 came from that. Gotcha. We're, we're, we got involved with that. I don't remember. I was trying to think when on the way over here. I was trying to think, how did we find out about them? And I don't really remember. I think I was just looking at Bear Artists because we've kind of been adopted by the Bear community, sort of. Um, that was kind of where we we got some success on Bear Radio, which is an internet radio station. Uh, two of our singles have been like in the top ten for all through the, almost most of the summer. Um, Diane Day was, and now um, WWJD, which is another which is another one of our songs, is in the top ten. It's been there for about what, a month and a half, quite a while. Yeah. It's way up there. It's way, way up above there. everybody else. The number two spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, is there only one spot above the number two spot? Yeah. <laughs> we're hoping for we're hoping to get above that even. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well they have a calculation goes. on there. You know how many times it's requested yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Ah, I don't remember okay. what the the ending point was. We were like around four hundred and some requests, and the next guy's down around three. Yeah, so like that. Gotcha. So. Okay. Nice. We're right in a ways above that. And that's Dying Day? Nope, that's, that's it's called WWJD. WWJD. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. I always like to preface that song with, you know, if whenever I see somebody, and this, again, this is my little personal soapbox, wearing one of those bracelets or those t-shirts, I think, if you have to be reminded... You know, if you have to have that on your wrist, then... Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, um, but you're also... But I did think we mentioned something about Dying Day, that it's one of the things that you do... Uh, one of the songs in, your, in, in the email you sent to me is saying, well, some people think it's a really depressing song, but that's not necessarily what the intent was. No, it's... it's I mean, when you... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard people say well, it's just a it's just a, a laundry list of how you can get killed. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, you know, at, at the at the most basic level. But it's like when you think about how precious life is and how how ephemeral it is, you can die. You know, I can die walking out the door. You right. know, as far as that goes, it's like you really should live for the moment and live for what's most important to you and you know who is most important to you. Right. So, how important is it to you? Because I've heard other artists say that it's not that important to them what sort of how their audience perceives what they're writing, that it's sort of about, you know, the audience figuring out what they're saying versus what you're saying. How important is that sort of to you, that your audience really understands what your message is or you sort of, like, take from it what you will and, you know... That's pretty accurate. That's, it's, you know, because everybody's going to get something different. You know, I've heard I've had people listen to songs and they'll be to- totally different things. They'll be like, I didn't mean any either one of those things, you know, but, mm-hmm. again, it's like it's a real personal thing and it's, and it's, it's if they take something away from it, that's that's a gift to me. Well, let's see how people react to Dying Day. Um... um and I guess we won't because Alex is not there. <laughs> so, uh, oh, there he is. <laughs> um, so we'll play uh, Dying Day by the Fundamentalists.
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a question about process in terms of how you write. Do you, you know, sit down and set aside a time that, okay, I'm going to just sit and write and see what happens? I mean, because I think, I wish. you know, <laughs> artists have such different ways that they do that. Mm-hmm. Is it that you see something and it inspires you, or is it just sort of, you know, I, I usually know. get it. Usually, to me, the lyrics come a lot easier than the music. <laughs> um and I usually get a, a title first. It's like it'll be like something, like I said, something that'll inspire me. I'll see something, a news article. Or um, I just finished reading a book about um, Harvey Milk. And it's called, in fact, it's called um, The Mayor of Castro Street, The Life and Times of Harvey Milk. And it's an excellent book. I don't know if it's still in print or not. I got it used at a bookstore. And I had been recommended, recommended to me by a friend years ago. And I was like, um, if I ever see it, you know, he said, pick it up and read it. And I've been really wanting to do something with that, just just even reading that book. I was like, wow, you know, this guy was really, you know, cutting edge for the time. And I mean, I did, I had always heard the name, but... You know, when he was when he was assassinated, I was like 13. You know, I mean, you know, I was barely aware of myself at that point. You know what was going on. Um, so yeah, yeah, I could get a, like a title or an idea. Sometimes it'll just start out with like a keyboard riff or something on the guitar. Um, it's really different. I mean, there's there's really no set way, I guess, which is I, I guess in a way it's good because that way you're not stuck to one mm-hmm. mode. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny because around our house, I'm sort of the neat freak, and Chris <laughs> likes post-it notes. And uh, <laughs> when any any time a little lyric comes along or something comes in his mind, he jots down on post-it notes. So I'll sit down at the desk, and there'll be the wall covered with post-it notes in the desk. And every do once we a need week, this? I'll sit down. What and I'll is say, this? Okay, I can't you need, even read this. He'll yeah, say. <laughs> you need to sit down. I need to know. Do you need this post-it or not? If not, it's going in file thirteen. Oh. <laughs> I have to clean it out every once. And then, of course, I've got to look at it. You know, and then I'm like. Oh, no, no, don't throw this out. You know, and it's like, I've got like old, I used to work at a gas station eons ago when I was in college, and I've, I've still got like cigarette carton papers that I wrote stuff on. I'm like, I'm going to do something with this. <laughs> you know, it's like I've got, a, I've got it in a file cabinet that's just like overflowing, and I'm like, I'm never going to do anything with this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, Jim, I think I know what your songs are. <laughs> exactly. So, why do you guys do this? I mean, it sounds like sometimes that, that's a struggle. So, why do you guys even go through this? It's all about the love. <laughs> no, um, no, I mean, really, really, it is. I mean, it's like it, you know, doing doing this has been something that that, um, like I said before, I was really involved politically when I was in college. This is really to me a natural outgrowth of it. Um, you know, again, as pompous as it may sound, in '84 I heard Bronski Beat's first album, and it was like it totally. I mean, it really, literally changed my life. At that point, I was like, okay, I'm interested in music. I want to be in a band. I was like, wow, here are some gay people on a major label. Sure, they're English, but they're doing it. It's on the radio. We were hearing it, you know. And it was like, um, it's just kind of been going forward from that. I mean, we're really, really into trying to work with, you know, like I said, we've worked with rap. We've worked with the network in Grand Rapids. We've worked with um, the Ludington Group. It was just, I mean, you know, it's like we really want to help. I mean, that's because, like I said, it's it's not about the money. I mean... You know, we're both we both have full time jobs. We're both, you know, in our early forties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Real early. Real early forties. Very early. Just barely seeing it. And um you know, so it's like it's not about really setting the world on fire, you know, trying to make a million dollars. That's got nothing to do with it at this point. I mean, if you know, like I said, if if I just wish this kind of music would have been around when I was twenty years younger. Right. You know, I mean it's like it, it would have been you know, it's like I said, it's so, I mean, we had a kid, we played in Grand Rapids, we had a kid come up to, he's like, what, 16? That yeah. kid was coming up, he's like, man, this is awesome, and it's like, he was really totally into heavy metal and this kind of thing, and it's like, and that's, you know, not entirely, there's an element of that to what we do, but it was like, mm-hmm. okay, so that's really cool that we were able to connect with somebody, you know, at that age group, you know, that, that, that they get take something away from it. Well, even at Outfest, those you know, those were the folks oh, yeah. that were dancing. I mean, exactly. all us yeah. old folkies were sitting there watching and clapping. Exactly, but the young folks were out there dancing, oh, yeah. doing moves I could never have done, but yes. <laughs> but we had that we had that one little boy who was he oh, probably 4 years old. Four Are five. you guys done playing? Can you going to play some more? Play again. Play Maybe again. next year, you know. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Well, I want to say thank you to yeah. for even you know gracing us with your presence oh, here. Oh, thanks for having us. This is awesome. Really appreciate it. Yes, yeah. and um, I think we're uh, and you said uh, one of the things I loved in the emails and our kind of correspondence that you you end with over the rainbow. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is always a song that's favorite that's a favorite for me and. Well, hopefully um, you'll like it after you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, I'd like to send that one out to my mother today. Yes, my it's her law. birthday. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday, yeah. happy birthday ma. Aww. We love you. 
show's ending. That's I why I like to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, Meredith, what's kind of happening in the world? Well, I have a brief update on something that we talked about earlier about Harriet Myers, who oh. is the nominee for Supreme Court Justice. Uh-oh. Um, it's, they don't know anything about her. The woman is like a complete enigma to everybody. She says one thing, does another which I, I think she might have been a lawyer once, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But I kind of like the fact that the the conservatives and the um, liberals are like banding together, trying to get her out because nobody knows how she's going to be voting. You know. I read Ann Coulter's web site. Oh, we're hearing. <laughs> I'm hearing. I was like, what's that that, that noise? Uh, the the camera. That. <laughs> That's fine. I thought it was a a, a sheep at first. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I'm losing my mind. Um, I was reading an article, and to play into the fact that I thought I might be losing my mind, is uh-huh. I was reading an article by Ann Coulter, who I think is the devil's spawn. Oh, okay. And, um, but that's just my personal And how appropriate this time of year. <laughs> and she was basically, you know, saying all the things that I have been feeling about Harriet Myers, and I thought, oh my God, the world is coming to an end. <laughs> You're agreeing with her. Embrace yourself. <laughs> um, but so her nomination is going to... Uh, her her hearings are going to start on uh, November seventh. Excuse me. Oh wow! Um, so that's quickly approaching, and and I again encourage people um, to check out, read information about Harriet Myers, form your own opinion about her if you can, um, and and encourage your your senators to. And how do you spell Myers? M E I R S. Okay, so if you want to do any Googling or yes. Yahooing. And you can read a lot. There's a lot out there to read. So I Good. encourage people to do that. And then I have two quick other things. The first okay. one being um, the a poll was released yesterday by the Lansing-based Epic MRA that basically said a majority or 47% of Michigan voters said they support a court ruling that allows governments and universities to provide benefits for the partners of gay workers while 39% oppose it and 14% were undecided. So can you help me with this? Because I'm hearing two different um, art, uh, two different viewpoints. Did we win or did we not win? We did win. Okay, so, but I thought the Supreme Court, I'm hearing the Supreme Court said no. No, the Supreme Court didn't say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it was a lower court in Michigan, which then they can go ahead and appeal it to another court. 